Hello, and welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast, where we're bridging the gap between riding and wellness, discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. This week's episode will be another wonderful and stimulating guest episode. You guys have heard about this guest on the podcast before, so I'm glad that you are finally able to hear her voice, hear her story, and connect with a really unique topic. Um, I am just going to let the episode speak for itself, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Hi guys, I am Dr. Tyler Helm. I am a certified mental performance consultant, a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a gym owner, a positive thinker, and a lifelong learner. Um, I love to study motivation, uh, reading, all sorts of self-exploration. And uh, today on the podcast, we are joined by Alexis Kletchian. Did I say your last name right? Oh my goodness. Yes. I like I feel like Emily and I had to go over it a bunch of times um you guys might have heard that name before (laughs) Alexis has been a longtime friend of the show she sponsored some episodes um Emily wears her jewelry to every event uh but Alexis is a, a really cool person and I can't wait to have this conversation uh with her today Uh, As a kid, Alexis spent countless hours playing behind her parents' shop cases in the Jewelers Building of Boston, Um, and she basically just got to observe all these awesome customer reactions and their stories and basically inspired a dream of a business where she could make and sell beautiful things. Surrendering, Surrendering to the creative urge, Alexis pursued a career in fashion design and throughout her studies and years of experience in pattern making, sewing, sewing, and textile manipulation, she developed a discerning eye for detail and fascination with texture and scale. Guided by intuition, Alexis designed her first piece of jewelry in 2011 and has since become an award-winning designer and destination for good luck charms, talismans, personal power objects, and luxuries for your soul. In addition, her coveted shields have grown a community of worldwide collectors motivated motivated by her trademark mantra, Shield Yourself. The pieces Alexis creates are influenced by the lore and magic of bygone eras designed for the modern world. She meticulously hand-selects gemstones and cultivates relationships for meaningful exchange, aligning with the souls of others that have similar beliefs. Being mindful of the pieces that you will hold power and how's your secrets? Each piece is blessed before it leaves Alexis's hands, ensuring a safe journey home and life with you. As a New England native, Alexis now resides within the picturesque farmlands of Chester County with her husband, teenagers, German shepherds, a tiny chihuahua, rescue cat, and a bunch of horses, right? You got like a bunch over there at this point, huh? I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, yeah. um, quite the quite the intro. I love your story, and I love hearing. The more I spend time with you, and the more I hear about your life and your interests and your fantasies, the more I'm like, this is an amazing human being and an amazing person to talk to. Um, so, tell me a little bit more about that story and like your upbringing and how you got to where you are now. 
Uh, I want to, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. And yep. I apologize for the lawnmowers zipping around behind the window. Um, and, you know, apologize to the listeners if you are hearing them. But my bio is, I guess it's short and sweet for my journey. And my journey has been actually a lot messier than my bio would suggest. Um, I did have a father and a stepmother that were into jewelry and they had a repair business in the Boston Jewelers Exchange, but they didn't actually teach me anything. We became estranged very young. I was in junior high and I stopped going back and forth to, you know, his house on the weekends. And that was kind of it. When I stopped going, he stopped showing up in my life and I've never repaired that relationship with him. So finding jewelry it was a way for me to go back home, I guess, but I did it completely on my own. And I don't write that in my bio because that's just part of my personal story. So I just leave it there because it's the origins of seeing all the tools of the trade going down the hallways and playing with gemstones from gemologists and seeing engravers and just being privy to that from such a young age. It was, you know, it was very formidable for me but uh, they didn't actually assist. That was my persistence to wanting to create a beautiful life of things that I wanted to have. I love it. Yeah, no. And, and it's, it's almost interesting when you're forced into something of the family, it doesn't quite always come the passion. And so it's, it's almost the opposite of this wasn't, they didn't take me under their wing. We didn't have a great relationship. They didn't show me, um, and, and make me dream of it. This was, I found this piece of myself that obviously is a piece of yourself because you've been so successful with it, but finding your own own way to it. And I feel like that's there's, you know, a bunch of horse families that sometimes the kids are just as horse crazy as the parents. And sometimes the kids don't want anything to do. I mean, the Duttons have twins that have the same thing. It's like Olivia's completely right. part of the family business and she's running uh, everything over at True Prospect Farm now. And her sister's like, I want nothing to do with the horses. So it's it's almost very parallel to to that sort of phenomenon. And which one's the the smart one? <laughs> right. <I don't> <laughs> probably her sister. Probably Olivia's sister. She's uh she's in right. musical theater. I think she does a lot of really cool creative stuff. Um, and uh, from what I hear, is a really cool kid. So, yeah. uh, but you know, the equestrian lifestyle is we we talk about it all the time. It's it's a ha- it's hard finding balance in it, and it's hard finding health and and love in it so uh you know if you if you're really passionate about it you can find that slice of life but you know if you grew up in it and you were like wow my parents are just away at horse shows every weekend like I could see where you don't want that to be your reality as well yeah well my husband races so professional racing is very much like the equestrian world and my son chose to not follow in the footsteps yeah yeah what does your son do he actually did sports broadcasting at school mm-hmm. and now he's trying to find out what he wants to do for college. He says maybe he's interested in psychology, maybe lawyer, but he really has a gift for the broadcasting. So I hope he finds his way back there. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. Um, awesome. Well, so, you know, a little bit 
about your bio. We've gotten a little taste of you. Obviously, um, Luxuries for Your Soul is your company. Uh, how did you, uh, beyond the passion for it, how did you actually make that a practicality in your life? How did you say, this is like what I'm going to do and commit to it and, and make it such a big part of what you are today? So luxuries for your soul is actually like a, a guiding phrase. I, I had a gallery and I closed it during COVID and I decided to pivot and go back online. Um, and while I was trying to rebrand the gallery, because I, I had the, the name of my gallery was like Alexis Clutchy and Fine Jewelry. I hear people walk back and forth and say, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. Jewelry, like, whoa, too expensive because it had the word fine in front of it. And my husband used to joke, it's like, oh, your boutique or shop or gallery, whatever. It had these beautiful window boxes. And he's like, your shop looks like it sell baskets inside. Like, so it's like, shit. I, I was trying to think of all of these ways I could rebrand so that when people would walk by, they wouldn't feel like I can't go in there. Yep. You know, that mindset, how do I get you to come in the door? Once I get you to come in the door, you'll see I have antiques. We can have a good conversation. I have candles. There is more. We Maybe we'll be friends. Come yep. inside. Yep. So I was cleaning the windows one day and I got a new plant and just, you know, doing as I do, listening to myself, talking to myself. And instantly I heard a phrase, luxuries for your soul. And I said, oh, I'm going to put that on my sign outside the door mm -hmm. called my sign maker worked with him I added like a whole drop down menu it said luxuries for your soul and then I added candles underneath too so it was like an experiment and then I could hear people walking by going luxuries for your soul what is that I need to go inside and I was yeah. like yes yes like I just listened to myself and I got this gift from the universe this this phrase and then I the pandemic came and I started hearing messages. I know that sounds crazy, but I started hearing, get out, get out. Not only have you outgrown this place, but you need to get out. You need to sell everything and you need to leave now, which I was like, what? I'm still working with the luxuries for your soul. Like it's working. I had my best here. I felt like I was in a groove and no, get rid of everything, move on. So that phrase later became my podcast, luxuries mm -hmm. for your soul podcast. Luxuries for your soul is a tagline. It's just a phrase that what does it mean to have a well-lived life? Is it something tangible? What is a luxury to you? Is it having a conversation like we're having right now, soul to soul, just two people connecting with the opportunity for people to hear it later and be inspired or impacted or grateful for something in their life? What yeah. is a luxury for your soul? For me at this phase of life, I happen to create jewelry, but I love having those conversations with people one-on-one. -on -one. And the jewelry was a catalyst for me to have that access to someone's stories, to their memories and their celebrations. Yeah, no. And I absolutely love that definition of what a luxury for your soul is and everything that your podcast sort of stands for in exploring that with people. Like it's not mm -hmm the same to everyone and you know I like 
you're talking to me I, i'm i'm a tomboy like i'm not like a, a fine jewelry girl but i connect with everything that you say and everything that you stand for and even for me like your pieces of jewelry specifically i'm like oh they have a message they have a meaning it's having that talisman or that message or the sacred seed necklace that you gave me that's like this is you growing and this is a symbol of something and letting yeah. that transcend just the you know front cover meaning of like hey this is a fine jewelry store or hey this you know we're we're gonna go buy buy something nice and sparkly it's like no like it should speak to you it should mean something to you and you know it might not even be jewelry it might just be right. us connecting it might just be um you know exploring other areas of life and I feel like that's something that we get so pinholed especially like equestrians like the equestrians that are really equestrians have this this is my life this is my lifestyle and this is what I do and this is what I think and believe and for me like this podcast has given me so many opportunities to talk to different people that have different lives and forces that have different perspectives that have gone to do really amazing awesome things and it's not just shoving yourself in a box it's it's exploring it's being creative it's finding new things and finding new places it's this and right yes yeah no I love that that was that was a a podcast we did uh with Emily a, a little yeah. bit ago and speaking of Emily I I don't I don't think I even know like how you guys connected. Like how did you meet up with Emily? I know you guys have done a lot of stuff in like the horsey side of things together and she's helped train your daughter some, but what was like the initial like do you have a meet <laughs> do you have a meet cute story with Emily? Yeah, this is a wild story. And um I live a very intuitive life and I know when I say that um I'll just this story will show you exactly how I follow my intuition. And this goes beyond I even knew about Emily. Um, and your listeners will love this because they know all of the characters in the story. Yep. So my daughter was originally um, learning to ride at a hunter barn. Okay, now let me preface this by saying I know nothing about horses and the equestrian world and Tyler's dying right now because I am new to all of this world which hopefully we will get into which is hilarious because I understand business and industry and creation and when I get in something I really get in something so we were so frustrated at this hunter barn going around in circles and circles and circles like can I swear on this podcast by oh, the way yeah you can you're good. Okay. Because I have a foul mouth. So anyway, she's going in circles and circles. And it's like, what the fuck? Is this trainer going to get up off her ass and stop eating a sandwich and actually teach? How can you see position and elbow and heel from like the end of the arena? Yeah. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. I, I don't know. It's frustrating. I can't jump. I can't do anything. Like I'm just going in circles and circles and circles. She was losing her passion for riding. And when you start to see someone who loves something so much, I love the animal. I love being here. I love the community. I even like my trainer that won't stand up. Like, I want to have more. I want to try more. Challenge me. And to be told, no, you're not ready. No, you can't do this. She was like, it seemed like dying inside. Yep. And- 
I was like, hmm, we can't, we can't do this. You know, her birthday was coming around Christmas. And I said, you know what? I need to do something that will inspire her. Randomly, I saw at Radnor Hunt, Philip Dutton had a jump clinic. And I said, what's it, auditing a jump clinic? Like, I didn't even know. <laughs> and then I was like, $50 per person to watch a jump clinic all day? Whatever, whatever. Something told me she needed to see something. She needed to go somewhere. I couldn't get her to watch anything online, on TV, nothing. I physically brought her to the jump clinic, right? We yep. sit there. It's freezing. We have a blanket, our big coats, snow bathroom, there's a porta party. And there is this guy, you know, in this Australian accent, just talking on the microphone for hours and hours and hours, classes after jump classes. And she sees one of the girls in there as a former student from like a, a different school. And she said, I know that girl. So then instantly clicked, she can do this. I can do this. And I looked over at her and she said to me, I can do this. I can do this. It was all levels jumping, you know. And then I said, okay, you want to do this? You want to jump? She's like, I want to do this. I said, all right. So at the very end, we we say, you know, can we go talk to the instructor? And I don't know who it was. I think her name was Jenny. It wasn't your your friend, Jenny. I don't know who what his assistant was. And she's like, oh, do you want to go take a picture with him? And I was like, no, because to me, taking a picture with somebody, I would never do that. Like, why? He's just another person. Like, I didn't get it at all. I'm like, why do we want to take a picture with him? Like, no, I didn't even know who he was. So then we walk up and we have a conversation with Philip. Poor Philip probably hasn't gone to the bathroom all day or eating anything. He's just been teaching hours and hours. And then we tell him, oh, you know, she's been riding around and we just bought two um, Frisian crosses and, and <laughs> we think that, you know, she'd like to jump. And he looks at me and now I know going through his head, he was probably like Frisian crosses, right? <laughs> so he says, yeah, great. I'm going to Aiken for the winter. Give, give me a holler. I'll be back in March. We were like, okay. And we walk out. Bye. And then I... And then she's like, well, where's, who is this guy? Where is his farm? Because he said, I'm in West Grove. I'm right actually near you because we're in Chad's Ford. So like, all right, well, on our way home, let's just drive by and check it out. We drive by and we see the farm and we think, wow, wouldn't it be so amazing to train here one day? Like, this is amazing. We've actually driven by this place accidentally on our way home from um, volunteering at an animal shelter up the street. And that's this place. How weird. All right. Time goes on. We're not going to, we didn't never plan on connecting with him because we were just like, that just seems so far fetched to like bring our two horses to him. That feels expensive. Yep. <laughs> After we saw the facility and we kind of just tucked it away, she went back to the hunter barn and released a horse so she could start jumping a thoroughbred who was fantastic it was like 16 too and that's what she started we started doing clinics at the hunter barn I still didn't get the difference between hunters jumpers or eventers I still had no idea yeah so she's just chucking along getting better and getting better and then again now we're frustrated again the winter is over I open up Facebook there's a post from Emily 
as a newly minted five-star rider with an opening in her program in Chester County. And I was like, something in me said, contact her. Yep. And then I thought to myself, I don't know what a five-star rider is, but that seems pretty impressive. And that seems like a very humble ask to the universe, the way that it was written. Yep. So I just instantly messaged her in that moment. And I still don't know what eventing is, but I Googled it. Right. And then I thought it was cross country and all these things. And I shared, I showed my daughter and she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you want to haul ass out in the grass and gallop and jump over things. That's what you want to do. Right. And she's like, that's what I want to do. So I had a conversation with Emily and I literally said that to her. I think she just wants to get out there and haul ass. And Emily laughed and she said, well, we definitely do that. (laughs) And she said, all right, let's schedule a time to meet. And then we scheduled a time to meet. And then Sophia and I pulled up and we were like, oh my God, this is the same place. This is the same like facility. Yeah. And she was like, oh, mom, oh, we're going to be here? Like, are you serious? We had conversations with Emily and initially I just thought that she was sweet. She was thoughtful. Um, She was kind. She probably thought we were absolutely out of our mind. We had no idea what we were getting into. And my daughter started training with her. And then we went on to lease Arthur, the beloved Arthur. Love him. Yes, who taught her so much. We took that Frisian cross and we invented her. And we, you know, Emily became uh, an integral part of our writing story. And I'm just so grateful that when I opened Facebook that day and saw that, I was like, what the hell? I'll contact her. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no. And it, it it's funny. I think I, I almost have a similar experience of like, I didn't really know what eventing was when I mm-hmm. fell in love with eventing. I was like, <laughs> I want to do that. No, con- yeah. like looking back, I had no concept of what right. it actually was, what it actually entailed. Even my first working student job, we went to like all one day shows. Like I didn't know people traveled hours to go to big FEI competitions and stuff like that. I was just like, yeah, eventing. It's cool. For two we're minutes. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> we're going to run and jump things. But no, yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And honestly, like your little big freezing crush. I have a funny story, actually. The other day, um, I was doing some modeling because, you know, that's you think Tyler, you think professional model. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I got connected with this photographer who's amazing and a wonderful. And she was like, I'm I'm working on a project. I need some help. Like, can you do some modeling for me? And yeah, I'm thinking I'm just going to be wearing breeches and helmets and stuff like that. Well, I'm like thrown up on like random horses during this time of modeling and uh there was an Andalusian horse that I rode Mm. and they're getting some photos of us in the ring. And I was just like trotting circles on this big Andalusian horse. And it was like riding a couch. Like I have probably not sat the trot in about seven years. Like I don't, I I have no reason to sit the trot when I ride now. It's just for fun. I'm just going for a hack, whatever. And I'm like in here with the biggest, cheesy smile on my face because I'm like this is the most fun I've had in a horse in forever and it's just because I'm riding this big Andalusian thing just like trotting around but I love it you're like 
I love that you walked up to Philip Dutton and you was like, I've got two Frisian crosses. <laughs> I don't even know if he remembers that. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> one of his um, Frisian crosses did some eventing at his facility. <laughs> I know, I know. And now my daughter goes to the same school that his daughter went to. And, you know, we chat in passing. He we actually went to Florida. We toured his facility in Loxahatchee. Like he's he's been lovely and chatty with us, but I've never been like, "Hey, do you remember? <laughs> you remember when I knew nothing about this, and I was just I like, still don't. Yeah. I, I still don't. I'm just I'm faking it till I make it. Um, I see. I think you're underselling your knowledge. Well, no, no, that's just because I'm obsessive with knowledge. Like if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go all in. The other day, Sophia rode. Um, a horse for for Sid and I said to her how did it feel to ride a hundred thousand dollar horse she goes it was a hundred and fifty thousand dollars mom and he was perfect I was like oh my god <laughs> he was per- I love that I love that and I love that now she's as as he should be mom like I didn't think I'd have any trouble with him I would hope not I'm like oh my god <laughs> like, no, no no concept no concept very cool. Well, so like how like how do you feel about having horses like being a part of you? Because like, I know you you've branched into you've got your equestrian line of jewelry and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. tell me about like how that's been integrating it into your life as uh, mostly, I guess, through your daughter. Yeah. So when I was sitting there bored watching the hunter ring, um, I was just like, you know, I'm going to make a horseshoe. And then all the ideas just kept going, oh, and I can make it with this and I can do this and I can do this and I can layer it with this and I can pair it with this. And it's, what does it mean? And it's good luck. And it's, it has such rich history. Horses. Horses have been part of our existence. And to think that now so many people, we don't know how to ride them and we're afraid of them. And we used to be reliant and dependent on them. They used to really be our partners to get through life. And I myself, have a fear of horses. So when we bought horses, we bought babies, which I know is also crazy. And we, we raised them. And you know, now we've there two of them just celebrated their second birthday. Wow. And mine celebrated his he's going to celebrate his third birthday. We have very similar birthdays. And I joke that he and I are learning how to ride together. I love it. Um he's gated. So and he's a Tennessee walking horse. So mm-hmm. he's unflappable. He's like Oh, we're going to ride. I don't know how to do that, but let's try it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and my daughter's breaking him and teaching him everything, which is awesome to see that. But I like to design things for the phase of life I'm in. And I just move energetically with, you know, what's going on in my life with what makes sense. And horses have brought some incredible people into our life that I'm so grateful. When we moved here, I, moved here from Boston, I don't know, like seven years ago, I had no intention of getting a horse, let alone six. And when we bought this property, I had no idea it would become a farm. You know, like we're putting new paddocks in every day. We're finishing up the last paddock, I think this weekend. And my daughter could literally start her own training facility, small program from this house if she should choose it's just so random. Well, actually, I guess it's not random, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, your, your husband seems to have a, a 
great connection with the horses as well. Did he ever have any horse experience in before? That is, or? that is a story. So he lived in the suburbs and his godfather won a pony in a card game and brought it home and they tied it to a fence in like their, you know, little backyard and was like, now you're a horse kid. Wow. And uh-huh, so he had that horse for a little bit and then they moved it to a farm, obviously. But there's a story of when he was very, very young, he used to sit in front of his radio flyer, you know, the little horse, and he would just go on it all day, all day, eat, eat bananas on it, waffles, breakfast. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't get off of it. He just rode that horse all day and watched TV when he was tiny. Um, and then he channeled that energy into cars, but he's always wanted a horse and I would never let him have it. I was like, I'm not having an anchor in my backyard. Like, no, 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 no. I'm afraid of horses. I can't, I can't do that. So then when my daughter got into it, he was like, yeah, we're going all the way, all, all the way. I'm like, oh, my God. And we did. When we go in, we go all in. Um, and it took him a while to find the right horse for himself. And now he has the greatest quarter horse. It's so sweet. So we have Western going on in the property and we have English. I love it. I love it. I love I, I've always wanted to like do I've ridden in a Western saddle a few times, but I've always wanted to do like more Western type stuff. Um, Come on I, over. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to have to because I got a bunch yeah. of free riding stuff uh, for my modeling gigs. And I've got all these riding pants and shirts and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm going to use this as an excuse to to ride more yeah. and, and get more rides in because I like that that moment on that Andalusian it too. I was like, I forgot how much I loved this because I think I got to a point where I wanted to be really good. And this is, you know, also part of my story with sports psychology is I wanted to be the best right when I started riding and I learned that it was in the Olympics it was like that's I want to be in the Olympics I want to do that and I am a very much all in type person too like I aligned my life uh, there was Denny Emerson or I think it's Denny Emerson good riders get good um it, how good riders get good was a book that I read and he has like a whole chapter on uh such Sally goes to college in uh, Washington and has a boyfriend and she's not anywhere near eventing versus the girl that breaks up with her boyfriend and like ends up in area two and uh, just really <laughs> commits to the sport and like literally that was in the back of my head when I broke up with my college boyfriend I was like I need to take my riding seriously like I want to take this seriously and I want to commit yeah. myself fully to it um, and I didn't do well like I didn't I I mean I I, <laughs> I finished a training three day but like I not good at horseback riding after I finished my training three day I got a horse that was winning at prelim and I fell off almost every time I rode that horse like I j jumping wise um shows I think we tried to do like seven novices and I got through one of them with a 20 on it like it was just it was not pretty and I was like so committed to it and I I want that I got burnt out on riding because yeah. I was like, I'm trying so hard and I'm not getting the results. And looking back, you know, so much of my mindset was wrong. I was chasing outcomes versus chasing the process. I didn't build myself up. I I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of patience with myself or with the, with it in general. Um, and so I wish I could go back and like take my sports psychology lessons to like little young Tyler and, um, you know, have a different competition career. 
uh, and financially things have changed of like, you know, I can't really own a horse right now. And I've channeled Maybe a lot you of weren't meant to. Maybe you weren't meant to go back and redo it. Maybe that was just supposed to be the journey to lead you where you are now. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think about it all the time because I'm like, oh, if only I had known what I knew now. And then I'm like, well, then I wouldn't know what I know about sports psychology and I wouldn't be passionate about sports psychology and I wouldn't have the opportunity. Um, I've got a, a bunch of young riders as clients. So and I, I, I kind of say like, hey, like, you know, it's OK to want to go prelim, but like, here's all the other stuff that you need to pay attention to and focus on and like feel OK with so that, you know, when things don't go right because they're not going to a lot of the times the horse industry is really hard. There's horse injury, people injury. Sometimes you just don't click with the horse that you're on. You got to be ready for all that stuff and be invested in the process and the day to day and connecting with your why, like, why do you do this? So I have those conversations with people and I'm like, wow, I get that opportunity to change it for someone else. And yeah. I started jujitsu about a week after I finished my master's degree in sports psychology. And that's of been course my... you did, Tyler. <laughs> I was like, I've done my master's. What else can I do? Like, what can I add I to know. the what can I add to the books and the schedule? But like for I me, know. that sport is now I get to go and do and try and feel like I've got a different mindset and a different competitiveness. And I don't know, I have a lot of clients too that are like in their 40s and 50s and they're getting back into riding after taking 25 years off. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's going to be me one day, you know, like maybe, maybe that's what the cards are. Or maybe, you know, I'm just going to ride my friend's horses with a big smile on my face and and not take it so seriously. And that's enough to love the horse is yep. enough. Yeah. You know, I, I would think like, would I consider myself an equestrian because I own horses? I don't know. Loving a horse is enough to be around a horse and to care for a horse. And I tell my daughter that all the time is if you don't want this to be a business, if you don't want to chase those dreams, or if you start chasing those dreams and then you realize, I just love the horse. That's okay. None of this has to change. We can still stay, you know, on the journey. We can still keep the horses. You can still train hard. I'm not expecting anything from you. Just love the horse. Yeah. No, and I would like that that message is one I wish more people had because I think that when I was like, I'm not good enough to compete and I'm now I'm gonna be a top groom, right? Now I'm gonna groom at the Olympics. Now that's my goal. And I still loved the horses that I was working with, but I was like, if I'm not good enough, what's the point of riding? Right? Like what's and and I, I pushed it deep underneath a lot of layers. And I said, well, I'm not good enough. So I'm not a rider and I don't even need to go on a hack. Right. Like if I go three months without sitting on a horse, it's not a big deal because I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not a rider. I'm not this, I'm not that. And being able to detach from that and say, it doesn't matter if it's fun and it enjoys it. And like, you know, circling back to your podcast and your question of like, what does it mean to live a well-lived life? Like for me, a well-lived life is not going to win a prelim anymore. Like that's not on the docket. If I go on a Tuesday and I've got a free hour in my schedule and I take a walk hack on a horse that I love with one of my friends and have a nice chat on a beautiful sunny day, like that is a well-lived life to me. That is a well time spent. And I think like if you get into the outcome-based mindset, you're like, oh, well, that's a waste of time. 
that's no, that's a luxury for your soul. That's a luxury for your soul. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And not a waste of time because your soul feels fulfilled and you feel alive. And that's what it's about. Exactly. Exactly. So on, on that note, tell me a little bit more about, about your podcast. And I know, um, you know, reading your stuff and watching your journey, um, you had one of those similar strong pulls to, to the podcast, uh, just like you did to close the shop and contact Emily. And it, it really seems like you're definitely someone that can follow your intuitions. Um, what were those intuitions leading you into this journey of, of podcasting? I was literally in the shower and I heard, oh, you should do a podcast. Luxuries for your soul is the podcast. And I was like, what? No, no, no. I have such a wound around my voice is I feel like a lot of us do, right? Like we have all these ideas and these passions and we want to go out and do things. And if we share our ideas, a lot of people will say, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Or you start to doubt yourself and say, well, what do I have to contribute? What do I have to say? Who will listen? It felt so indulgent to sit in front of a microphone with no one there, no one on the other side, not knowing what would, like, what's going to come out of my mouth? I have no idea. So I thought about it for a long time, way longer than I probably should have. And it got to the point where people were like rolling my eyes. Oh, yeah, 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 you're going to have a podcast, whatever. And, you know, was having Emily in my life and like, oh, I'm going to go meet with Tyler and we're going to record and just watching you guys do it and try it and just being authentic. And I was like, okay, I know her and she does it and she loves it and it makes a difference and an impact. And I was in your community and I can see people responding to it. And I was like, well, I have things I want to talk about and I want to share. I want that too. Why, Why am I so afraid to use my voice? And I actually um, was talking with someone who's like in the healing space. We did a a hypnotherapy course together. Like we ended up like in a pool and she's, she's actually in Bali. She's from the UK. And she said to me, you need to do a healing activation course for vocal activation. Check that out. And I was like, okay, I went down a rabbit hole and I took this course from a singer actually that helps you heal your voice. It was so cool. Her name is Sarah Rogo, Rogo the Wild. And she plays the guitar. She's incredible. And I took this vocal activation course and it's just, it's so healing for you to say and release what's in your body. I'm not a singer. I can't carry a tune, but I was like, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to be open-minded. And something clicked. And, and someone else said to me once, like, when you get tired of the platform that you're already on, or you know that you're ready for more and you need more, when that feels like old to you, like, you know, like you're using a technology and then you may say like, I'm so ready for something new. Like I, I can't, do this anymore. I'm ready to upgrade myself. I knew that just writing something wasn't getting me where I wanted to go. I became ready to use my voice. And Mm -hmm. I knew that I was ready for that vocal upgrade to share what I had to say through my voice, through my body, my soul, my essence, all of that. And I reached out to Lauren Golt, who used to do PR and marketing for when I had my gallery. And I asked her to be a co-host. I initiated her. I was like, uh, I want you to do this with me. 
And I knew that she's so busy. She has 20 clients, PR and marketing. She just opened a bar. She has two young boys. She's busy. Yep. But I was like, you'd be a really good partner for me because I like you. I trust you. And all of the things that we did before, like if I threw a grenade and blew something up, she'd hold my hand and be like, we blew it up. Yeah. You know, and she just let me be me. I could go rogue and it was all good. And so I was like, please do this with me. And she was like, okay. And now we just wrap season one. And we're very different. She is not, I shouldn't say she's not spiritual. She is spiritual, but we're on different aspects of that where she doesn't really love the spiritual language, but she truly does live a spiritual life. And where I am like, I've been living a spiritual life for 30 years. So I know lots of things that she may innately know, and then I can introduce her to new ways of exploring that. So that was a very long answer, but. No, that, I loved every second of it. And I, I think to your point, like, you know, just going with the theme of this episode, podcasting in of itself is a luxury for your soul. And I love that you, you know, saw Emily and said, oh, she's doing this thing and she loves it and she just gets her voice out there. I think a lot of times throughout the journey and throughout the years of us podcasting, I've had like some moments where I'm like, why are, why are we doing this? Like, do people actually listen to it? Like, are we making a difference? And every single time those thought processes come into my mind, I go back to the way that I feel after I mm-hmm. after I do a podcast and how I love using it to connect with Emily. We're both very busy, busy people. Like we've been friends for a long time and it's almost like our mandatory friendship date to like have our little podcast episode. And, and it, it helps me clarify a lot of my thoughts too. And, you know, for a while there was times at horse shows where people would be like, Oh my God, I love your podcast. This, that, or the other. It's hard not to get into comparisons, right? You've got other podcasts on the spectrum that, you know, are getting hundreds of thousands of views and stuff like that. And I'm like, we're small, but the equestrian community is small. Like there's not, there's not a giant equestrian community, especially if you think about U S eventing, it's not, it's not a huge place and it's not a huge space. And, I decided a long time ago to fight that inner battle and say, if I help one person, even yeah. if it's just myself, then it's worth it. Because Most importantly, if it's yourself. Right. Yeah. It it, it yeah. makes me feel good. And, and I enjoy doing it. And I love connecting with people. And um, that that is what it is. And uh, your podcast is so fun because it's just it's really just exploring all aspects of of life and what it means to yeah. live and, and be alive and um can you tell us just a little bit about uh some of the guests that you've had on some that you might hope to have on the future just in case anyone's interested in checking out your podcast yes so we will um reshare this episode on our podcast as well um who have we had on we've had a hat maker on from Sedona Arizona we have had a feng shui expert, which that's going to be releasing soon. And that's the art of placement in your home to attract, attract and manifest things in your life through the ancient art of feng shui, which is super cool. We have an Enneagram expert coming on. Um, we had gem gossip, which is a 
famous jewelry blogger who I happen to be friends with. And she's also a gemologist and just a really cool chick. She has a hashtag, uh, show me your rings, which has well over like a million people participating it. So she's always been a big deal in in the jewelry community. And she's been part of my uh, jewelry story since day one. So that's cool because we talk about a lot of behind the scenes things there and some stuff that's gone wrong that no one knew about. It's a very raw um, episode and I give her an astrology reading in it. Ooh, very cool. Yeah. We, we have some relationship experts coming on some, um, a woman thing about the midlife project, which is really gaining some steam. Um, I have a friend, I have some people that I'm going to be asking coming on, but I'm, I'm really tapping into my network because I have a very um, uh, eclectic network of of people and interests. We have just a lot of fun stuff going. I hope I didn't miss anyone. We don't really release and record in order, but you'll have to just tune in. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's like, it's funny because I feel like when Emily and I started this podcast, my whole like vision and dream was, hey, I've been reading all these books about high performance in yeah. other areas of the world. And I feel like equestrians don't have that. And like we need to take all of these other experts and these thoughts and these visions and like introduce it to equestrians. And as I've been sort of branching out and trying to, you know, get more guests on our podcast, it's like, why fit into the box of like, hey, just someone that says I am an equestrian and this is an equestrian. Like, let's talk to people about, you know, all of our pieces, nutrition, mindset, fitness community. They don't have to be a horse person to share knowledge and wealth. And sometimes it takes someone like from the outside looking in to Mm -hmm. say, hey, that's, you know, that's not right. Or you should look at this a different way, or you should change this. And that's a a huge part of my story too, is, is jujitsu. And the people that I met through jujitsu were probably my first friends outside of the horse industry in years, right? Like I, I just, I was in the horse industry and these, that was my life. And everyone I had, you know, did this, the same thing as me and they looked the same way. And I had my jujitsu coach say, Tyler, you work really hard. You know, you, you've put a lot of time and energy for this. What are you getting out? And not not that, you know, grooming is not a, a good profession and it's not a good quest, but I've now designed a life that is still partially horses, still partially, you know, all things equestrian and a lot more freedom to get to do and explore what I love. But I have to tell you, and especially like, all right, for the listeners, I have all of Tyler's charts here with like all of the spiritual stuff that I do that I'm going to be morphing into. I have offerings I'm going to be releasing in the future, but that's never going to stop for you. It was horses. Then it's jujitsu. Now it's sports psychology. You are going to continuously morph and you're going to take that model of working hard with you. That is you. That is never, ever going to stop it's such a high workload for you yeah so do take that vacation and don't be hard on yourself because that is who you authentically are yeah yeah no and it's it's hard to it's hard to like say oh like it's okay it's okay to just do something for fun 
it's okay um because I feel like there was there's so much like bunched up like type a perfectionism in me but I really feel like the past two years have been extremely transformative um in terms of my mindset and priorities and um I I can hear it I can hear it in in the episodes and that's why when you talked about the growth and I and all that. And I felt moved to bring you that necklace of what it represented because I could hear that growth and that softening and that maturing of you saying like, no, this is where I am. And this is where I'm going. I was sitting on the table and I was like doing other things and listening to the podcast and I heard it and I, I stopped and I was like, oh, wow. Like I felt that. I I have, um, I have another listener that I did some sports psychology with and she's been listening from like day one. And she mm-hmm. said just something to me one time on, on a one of our calls. And she said, I've listened to you grow from like a girl to a woman, like over the last yeah. three, four years. And and it's crazy to think that that's all catalog. That's the other positive of podcast right now. It's all cataloged. You can go back right. and listen to episode one. And it's funny. I actually did that uh, with my boyfriend and I were in the car the other day and I was just showing him sound quality stuff. So I was like, look at like our first mm-hmm. episode versus like our episode now. And uh, we listened to a little bit of like the early stuff. And I said, it's so interesting to me because like the concepts that I thought about back then, they were like in their raw form and they're so much yeah. more developed now. And now I have like a whole doctorate level education to back up the science. And like, I could tell you who said it and where it comes mm-hmm. from and why, but like I knew back then, like, I'm like, I haven't changed my theory of performance and what it means to be excellent. I've just developed it and, and grown it with all the work that I've put in over the last, however many years. But that's your gift. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All and right. We all just get to experience it, right? And be wowed and be like, wow, what's Tyler doing now? Doctor. What's Dr. Tyler doing now? Dr. Tyler doing now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it was it, it was actually funny. Um, and you know, I, I think the next time Emily and I have an episode, we'll talk more about this. But um when I got my purple belt it wasn't like that rushing cascade of emotions that I used to get at an achievement because I've changed Mm -hmm. so much of like trying to work so hard for an external reward that other people can see to really valuing what I do in the day to day that like, I remember, you know, when I got my blue bell and when I got my, you know, green, I was like, oh, like, this is a thing that I've worked really hard for. And, and, and like, to me, it was just another day. I was like, this is just something that I've earned, that I've put the work into that means nothing more than, you know, where I compete and where I enter my competitions. But like, I was so much less emotional because it wasn't like I'm killing myself to get here. It's I'm just living my life and this is part of it. Right. And the better you get at it, the less you're going to kill yourself at it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm pretty sore. I put a lot of training in this week. I'm pretty sore. I'm like sitting on my floor in my closet right now. I'm like, oh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> but Anyways, so you mentioned having papers about me and I know there's like a big venture um, and call for you in the future in a field called human design. And I was doing my own like little Google searching uh, before this call and I saw some words like the I Ching and uh, 
you know, cosmetology and uh, quantum physics uh, was in Yeah. there. I don't, yeah, so I'm I'm super excited. I'm very naive. I know Emily's talked about some some work that she's done with you as well, but um, I feel like my mind's about to get opened up as well. So I'm gonna let you take the floor and tell me all about human design, what it is, and and what you have uh, to share with us today. Okay, so I might go back and forth between like human design and traditional astrology, because I don't believe in just like sticking to one thing. I like to take what resonates. And also based on the person's chart, I have to intuitively see what's best for them. And it's it's funny that um, you and I have a lot of similar stuff in our chart in different places. So when we talk about human design, it's really kind of like the system of who you are meant to be, okay. not who people tell you you are, not the people pleasing version of you, not the uh, scarcity mindset version of you. It's it's who your soul and stay with me here reincarnated to be who you are in essence. I believe in soul contracts. I believe that up there in consciousness, we were all, all like, hey, I love horses I want to have a life of horses and someone steps forward and says I want to ride horses and then someone else steps forward let's just say she's Emily and says I'm going to be an amazing five-star rider and I have aspirations of this 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 but in order to get there I need to have a team of students can I be your teacher and then the other one says yeah and then they say all right I'll meet you in 30 years then we come all down into, you know, the world, we come out of consciousness, we go on our path, we're going on our path, maybe we're moving too fast, maybe we're moving too slow, we have appointments, Emily has to reach her five star status before she posts that Facebook post before I can see it, what happens along her journey, how fast does she go, how slow does she go, who does she meet, I believe that we have soul contracts, and we meet up, and therefore we become a soul group, and we meet again, and when we look at our chart, and we see these similarities and we think like, whoa, why did you come into my life? I needed your gifts to inspire me. I needed you to impact me. I needed you to push me. I needed you to disappoint me because if you didn't, I wouldn't then be initiated to go and do what I did. There's the good, the bad, and everything in between. And we are all of that all the time. And so our charts show us things that we need to see and we need to heal from. And when I look at your chart in human design, you are um, a manifesting generator. Did you find that about yourself? Um, I did not. I didn't. I did not. Um, I started to just kind of like Google like about like the actual practice. I didn't actually like look at myself. So. Okay. You're a pure manifesting generator. I got your chart up here. Let me just pull it aside. You're a pure manifesting generator. So what that means is that you were born to be multi-passionate. You were born to go, 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 to have an idea, take that idea from conception and then move into action and not let anything get in your way. And to be able to do that with several things over and over and over again until you we're done with it, that you are meant to feel satisfied, to inspire, to light up, to be impacted and create impact in the world over and over again. And when you are not doing something that brings you pure joy, you will be burnt out. When you are burnt out, that is your signpost for 
this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. I need to stop, burn it down, rebuild again. That's it. It's pretty simple. You could be doing that with five things in your life. So if you you're not meant to feel tired either because you have this great powerful motor, you're meant to burn that energy every single day and get up and do it all over again. You move at the speed at which most people cannot comprehend. And that is just who you are. People need to get on board and go with you or get out of the way. That is so accurate. Yes. So, but your profile is a five one. So a five is very mysterious. A five wears a mask. It's a projection field. People think they know you. They know what you feel, what you want, and who you are. And maybe you let them project that onto them. Onto them, you let them think that they know that because it's easier, quite frankly, because you don't have time to tell people what you think, what you feel, and what you want because you're too busy crushing goals. But mm-hmm. somewhere deep inside, you do want to say what you think, what you feel, what you want. But maybe you think the other person doesn't truly understand or see you for who you are, and that can be a wound. I'm not saying that that is you know, what you're experiencing, but that five is a mask in a projection field. My daughter has this also. So it's, it's interesting to raise a person with that. You know, you have to learn to advocate for yourself and not let people project on to you mm-hmm. because you do see the all. And then the other side of that being a five, one is the one is the investigator. You need to know all of the things, tell me all of the things. And then I will tell you the things I'm going to investigate. I need to know from A to Z, what it's all about for me to then decide if that's true. Is that true? Is that true for me? Do you think that's really true? Is that really correct? Well, it's not for me because I learned all of the things and I don't want it or now I'm going in this direction. Does that resonate so far? Yeah, no, so much, so much. <laughs> like it, 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 It's crazy, honestly. Okay, so then when I look at like some of your centers... Some of your centers, you have a defined head and a defined ajna. So when we look at the body graph, it's like really confusing. It's all these like numbers and triangles and these like the chakra system and the energy channels that, you know, connect everything. So you have a defined head and defined ajna. A defined head, you know what you know and you know. You think what you think what you think and it's consistent and reliable and no one is going to tell Tyler otherwise. (laughs) I think my parents would definitely agree with that one. Okay. So that's consistent and reliable, right? And like the way you communicate, the way you share those ideas, the way you conceptualize those ideas is just not going to change. So you are unlikely to be influenced or swayed in one way or another. So it's funny when Emily talked about me coming on the podcast a long time ago and talk about human design, I was like, "Mm, I don't think Tyler's ready yet. Um, (laughs) I, I think I specifically said to her, like, I'm not ready to show up to that dog fight. Because you and I both have uh, the channel of the alpha, which means like we are the alpha. Like you're not going to get in a fight with me. You're not going to tell me anything. Like we we have different things in our design, but you actually your incarnation cross is like you um, the the job the heavy load that your soul wants is actually the full expression of the alpha. So, and I have a channel of alpha, but my incarnation cross is on the cross of penetration. So I'm here to penetrate and feel and get 
into it and understand what needs to move, what needs to let go, feel it and transform it. But you are the full alpha. So when we had those things in common, I was like, just wait, I'm going to just wait. I'm going to just wait a little. And then as I would like listen, I could hear, you know, the growth. And when you talked about the seed and all that, and I was like, mm, she's getting ready. She's getting ready. So anyway, that's just a little, a little side thing. Um, Emily's probably laughing. <laughs> she's listening to this. Probably cracking up right now. And cracking up. I think Emily's probably had to deal with like a lot of my alpha through the years too. So what that means though is that like it's not a bad thing, right? Like the alpha, the alpha in a pack knows. Like she knows she's boss. Yeah. And as she matures, she stops telling everyone she's boss. Cause you know she's boss. And she doesn't have to tell you. She just watches, she moves, and people follow. So the alpha can change and morph. And when you really have that self-worth and you know who you are, you you stop proving it to the world. You stop displaying all those gold stars. I just have the channel of it, but that's your full workload. That's consistent and reliable. And it's going to show up in everything you do. You are a true alpha. When we look at your sun sign in in, uh, tropical astrology, you're, you're, uh, you're a Leo, the yeah. lion, courageous. You're here to pounce and to shine and to be seen. And in human design, you're the alpha. So like, yeah, own it. That's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But the the difference between feeling not whole, so you have to say the things like, hey, I read 52 yeah. books this year. I, uh, you know, graduated with highest honors. I, I finished high school at 16, college at 19. Like, I used to have, like, a little, like, here's my resume. I'm going to spit out at you. And, and, you know, sometimes I'm just, hey, I'm Tyler. Like, I, I'm I'm Dr. Tyler. You don't have to call me that. I'm, I'm Tyler. Like, that, and I'm going to let my work shine for itself now. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm living it instead of being like, here's my resume. Here's the stuff that I've done. Here's what I've accomplished. I don't have to say that to just be me anymore. Where I see this in your chart also, when I look at the body graph in human design is you have a wide, wide open G center, which is your self-love and your acceptance because you have no activation in it at all. Your energy looks to bridge that gap literally. So you and I right now in resonance, you have it because mine is defined and I have energy coming out of it that connects to other places. So when you and I are together, you get it, you borrow it, you absorb it and you amplify it. That's the beauty of having a wide open center. So when your, your energy is being bridged right now, um, I believe maybe with Emily, your Emily, your energy is bridged also, which is why that could be a beautiful relationship. You get to borrow from the other. Mm-hmm. You ever notice when you're around other people and you're like, I'm so amped up, I'm so excited. I said I was going to do all these things. We're going to get together. And then you're out of that person's aura and their energy. And you're like, why did I say that? I don't really want to do any of those things. Or you wake up the next day and you're like, yeah, no, I don't feel like that. But I said I was going to do it, and now I have to show up because I keep my word, which is also in your chart, like your will center. I made an agreement. 
I made a promise. I'm going to follow through. I have to show up They're They're expecting me to, and that's who I am. And I'm going to follow through, but I don't like it. And now I feel bad about it. And what does that mean about me? Like that is all here in your chart. And when you're with other people that light you up and feel you and respect you and love you for who you are, you don't have to do those things. And you actually don't feel those things. Because you yeah. feel whole. Mm-hmm. So knowing knowing yourself and what you need and getting it and saying, I, I no, I deserve that. I'm not going to do that thing. Or I really like you. I want to spend more time with you. Or just being curious about something is very healing. Um, before we move away from human design, oh, I want to make this point because this might make you uncomfortable. Um, okay. Your spleen, your spleen is 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 open too. It's undefined. You have one one and one channel. Um, I'm sorry. You've one hanging gate trying to bridge a gap to two another centers, but that's the center of survival and awareness. It's the intuition center, um, and you don't have it designed. So your intuition or your thought, like your thought process of is that good for me can i trust this should i trust the universe should i listen to this your head fights with your gut feeling with your inner knowing there's a battle there because you don't have it consistent and reliable your intuition it comes and it goes depends who you're with like yeah this feels good i'm gonna do that i'm gonna trust that person or listen i had a gut feeling or an intuitive hit and i don't know why you might dismiss it because your head is so defined you might get in your head and say i don't believe in that like that's that's crazy. That's not really a sign. That's not really a coincidence. And you might have that inner struggle where Emily is so different in that regard where she does live her life intuitively and she might not always say it because then Tyler's like, oh, come on. Like you can't know. Think about that. Let's let's rationalize that. Like your rational mind comes in and you're strategic and then your alpha comes in and then Emily might be like, oh. Oh, and then she might not say it. She lives like a super intuitive life, but she might not always give the words to it. You're so opposite in that way. But then when you're together and as you start to soften and trust yourself and and trust your intuition, you're like, yeah, yeah, I do like that. That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Does that resonate with you? It does. It does. It does. I feel like, yeah, like sometimes I am like the one that's like, hey, like, let, let's be rational about this. Like, let's let's think about <laughs> it a little bit more. And like, you know, like I even I even say that sometimes in my sports psychology stuff. I'm like, let's let's blend this positive affirmation with like rational stuff. Like, let's add that in there. And and it is funny because it is it is a push like a like sometimes I'll be like oh I feel like I was meant to be here or I meant I called you yeah. the other day I had a meeting and I was like oh, I feel like the this like I was meant to meet this person this person was meant yeah. to come in my life and then I'm like I don't know like what what you know what right. starting to just unpack it a little bit more and and starting to overthink things that's me that's me I agree yeah yeah, and that's and that's normal. And it's not a bad thing. It's who you are, right? It's what your soul your soul chose that battle. But why? Yeah. That's that's the reason, right? Like that's why we want to go deeper. Like, why? Why did I choose this for myself? All right, so I'm gonna close out this tab. Oh. You there? Yes. Oh shit, I can't see you. You can't see me anymore. 
No, I closed the human design thing. Well, whatever. I'll just keep talking. I don't need yeah, to. I, I, anyway, I can see you. You're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then we look at, um, see how fired up I got. I just was like, let's get out of that. So when we look, what I'm really interested in now, I'm moving forward and thinking about building a course and doing all of this like spiritual mindset stuff. Um, with with voice, with meditations and all of that, because I've been studying hypnosis. And then obviously I'm very passionate about, about this. Your rising sign in astrology is cancer, which is interesting because I am a cancer sun sign. You're a sun sign Leo and you're a moon sign Aries. I'm a rising Aries. So like we have a lot of opposites. Do you know anything about your rising sign? No, I've, I don't think I've heard that term before. Okay, the rising sign is um, who you show to the world, who okay. you are as as people see you. So in Cancer is ruled by the moon. So the moon has a really heavy influence on your chart. And it's about feeling, caring, but you have a tenacity. Home and family and friends are really important to you. You're protective, you're fierce. You have a need for security and close bonds with others. But your moon is in Aries, which is the fire starter, the firecracker, the initiator in waiting just doesn't suit you and you will not be held back by others. But the moon is also the way you nurture and you are likely to help others with their independence and help nurture and find the spark within themselves. Wow. I love that. I loved that too. When I, when I found that, I was like, oh, because that really works with your mindset practice um, and working with other people and you do have a spark and you, you are fiercely independent and you champion that in other people. And so I was like, Oh, this definitely tracks for her. So your son is in Leo. You're courageous. You're here to shine, to be seen and to thrive. Your moon is in Aries. So where you shine in what areas of life is where you can nurture other people and ignite that spark and help initiate other people. That's where you take your alpha and you say, you can do this, go for this. Your alpha is meant to be nurturing, but first we have to nurture ourselves. We have to heal ourselves before we can the way to do it for other people. So it's, it's nice to see you moving in this direction authentically. And then your rising sign is what people see is your, you know, your tenacity uh, for going after what's important to you, your friends, family, and community. And also cancer hides in their shell, right? Until, until they go through the molten process until they're like, all right, I don't need this shell anymore. I can be vulnerable until I find my new home, till I start my new thing, um, till I initiate that next project. Yeah. Wow. And then this is what I'm really excited about. And you and I also, again, share the same thing, but in different places. Okay. The North, the North node and the South node is so important to our charts. You have a North node in Scorpio and a South node in Taurus. And this is exactly what I have. The North node is your true North. It's where your soul wants you to go. It's the new beginning for this lifetime. It's what you're seeking. It's what you're after, where you're going to be insatiable. And your south node in Taurus is meant to be like your past lives. 
It's the gifts that you brought into this life with you, along with the wounds. It's the patterns that you're comfortable with. It's the things that are repetitive in your life. It's the things that you understand naturally. Um, And sometimes it's what you need to let go of. Um, Are you familiar with the energy of Scorpio? No. Okay. So Scorpio is really intense, mystical, and complex. Um, I'm reading from my notes here. They are always... (laughs) They are always concerned with transformation, inward moving, and they're masters of controlled passion. They love deep conversation and investigating. Scorpio knows what lies beneath. You don't need to say it, but it's also the detective and really good at getting answers. Scorpio is the super sleuth with a sting in its tail, but they have a great capacity for regeneration. Scorpios love research, psychotherapy, and anything that plums is the depth of a topic so you and i share this uh-huh yeah. so that's that's why like you love like no let's not do small talk please like let's just get to know one another like right away let's get down to it get into it and then you know we both mutually benefit you have it in the fifth house i have it in the eighth house and where i have it is the mystical house so like this stuff is very aligned for me And the fifth house for you is the house of creativity, children, procreation, how we play, joy and delight and have romance. Because you also have Pluto there, which is the planet of transformation. It would suggest that you would be great with children. You would be an excellent mother or being creative with children is very transformative for you, which is interesting because you teach jujitsu. With the kids. kids. And that's not something that I thought would ever be part of my path. When I was growing up, I was like, I don't think I, kids are ever going to be part of my life. And one of the best parts of my days is teaching kids jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So this is where your soul wants to go in this lifetime. It wants you to be intense and to get in there and be creative and to be transformative with community, with people, um, to be that initiator and that fire starter, to not compromise, to be inward moving, to ask the questions. Um, And then your south node, which astrologers say, like, these are the secrets of your past life. This is where you came from, if you are to believe in past lives and an incarnation, which I do. And like I said, I have this also, but in a different place. Taurus is about pleasure and living well, beauty, passion. They're calm, they're reserved, they're grounded. They're tuned to the physical reality and the nature rhythms of the body. Taurus loves to build something of lasting value, that your life work unfolds slowly and steadily, building upon each accomplishment. Slow and steady, patient and endurance, persistent, immensely stubborn, Concerned with money and material success. Loves music, food, and the arts. So even though this is your past, you keep these gifts. So you would notice that (laughs) slow, steady, persistent, stubborn. You recognize any of those traits? Or do you fight with those traits? I'm very stubborn. 
I'm very stubborn. We actually, this is a completely random thing, but my boyfriend and I have a thing that, that our light is like right next to where I sleep and I make him turn it off. I'm like, no, it's your time. You, you turn off the light. It's time to go to bed. I'm very, I'm very stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so this is landing in between two of your houses, which I okay. always find interesting. So these things for you in the past came up around your career and public image and how you live in the world, achieving achieving success, authority, and how other people see you. And it also shows up where you find yourself within friends, groups, social networks, and your unique role on a team. It's also the house of hopes and wishes, working towards common goals for the team. So if you believed in past lives, your past was full of a well-lived life where you were part of teams in career and you were obsessed with achieving success and authority and who you are out in the world. So just what you said a few minutes ago of like you not always having to prove yourself or, or you know, read off all of your accomplishments. That's a wound that you brought in with you in this lifetime. And you are already authentically saying like, I can let go of that. I don't need that because I am that. Love it. Yeah, no. And, and it's, it's tracks. And I think like, I think the important thing about this stuff is whether you believe it or not, there's lessons to be learned. And it's a point of mm -hmm. conversation to start to talk about and explore. And like a while back, I, I read a book, Many Lives, Many Masters. Have you? I, that's, that was going to be my answer for what book changed my view of the world. Wow, what a segue. What a segue. Yeah, I, I read that, uh, <laughs> I want to say in 2016, maybe. And I okay. was like, I literally like, bro. I I'm like deathly afraid of needles. Like it has taken me a long time to like even be able to get my blood drawn without having to take a Xanax. And I always would, would joke with people. I'm like, I think it's past life trauma. Like I don't know why. Yeah. Like I literally like yeah. can't even deal with needles. And I'm like, it must have happened to me in a past life because there's no rational. Re the rational part of my brain says uh -huh. it's just a needle. It's just a prick. Like relax. And the completely, I'm like screaming on the outside. And so yeah. um, that that's always been my my little joke but again like you know I think you can you can say anything you want about it but it's always a conversation starter and a hmm isn't that interesting can I think about it can I learn more about myself um you know it's similar to like personality type quizzes like cool right. you don't have to be that person because it's written down on a piece of paper but you can start to explore what it means to you and question why am I acting this way? And uh, it's funny when you were talking to me about like the human design basics, like my mind was going to, did, have you seen the Pixar movie Soul? Yeah. I didn't Where really love that one, Miss <laughs> I feel like when they're in the little like, uh, they're getting their little stamps on their bellies. That's like. Oh similar. yeah, yeah. When they were like coming down through the chute and like, there's all the soul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that they're like. That, yeah. yeah, like the, the the rest of it, you know what? But the when they're up in the, they're like the little baby souls, and they're like walking into each mm -hmm. little thing, getting pieces of their personality. Like I feel like that tracks with how you were kind of describing human design. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that wasn't necessarily human design. It was just like a soul contract. Like right, right. That's what I think is like in a soul contract. Um, you know, like 
you choose your parents for specific reasons to help you yep. either, um, you know, to help develop all of the gifts that you innately have to push you or, or to initiate you to advocate for yourself. I mean, you don't have to be a believer. You could listen to this conversation and say, let me just experiment with that. Let me just try it. Maybe you have an idea that your horse needs something. Try it. See how your horse responds or, you know, work it into your four pillars or, you know, maybe I'm going to go to the bookstore today and I'm going to get something for my books, 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 and it's going to inspire a new conversation that I didn't know I needed to have. You just, we just need to listen. We're all, all getting the messages. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's and you have to, <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely, again, I think we talked a little bit at the beginning about having different and new and innovative conversations. And I think that's exactly what this was. And I think that there's exploration to be had with anything and, uh, things take the power that we give them and beliefs take that it's it's so similar to a lot of the empirically based stuff of self-talk and like what you're telling yourself and what you're thinking about and where your focus goes your energy flows like that's you know in, in the spiritual realm and there's a lot that's backed up with that and and there's a lot to think about and so um you know, obviously we're going to link all of your information in the show notes. So if anyone has any questions about human design, they know where to find you. And uh, hopefully that's more of a a business venture for you in the future as well, too. We will see. All right. Well, we we've mentioned uh, we've mentioned books, books, books uh, a few mm-hmm. times, and and we kind of gave a spoiler alert there. But yeah. um, for our listeners, the question um, that I am asking our guests on these guest episodes to really feature books, books, books is: what is one book that you are currently reading, and one book that you feel like you shaped your view of the world? Um, so I'm gonna let you go. Maybe we should start with shaped your view of the world since we already sort of uh, alluded to that, Alexis. Okay. So it was the same book that you read, Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Weiss. I read that book maybe 20 years ago. I remember sitting in the chair of a woman that used to do um, spiritual healing for me in Reiki. And for some reason, she said to me, you need to read this book, Many Lives, Many Masters. I think this would be really helpful for you. And I was like, okay, I went out and I got the book. I still think about it all the time. During the pandemic, I got it on audiobook and I listened to it. And I just think it's so lovely that our souls have been here before. Who knows how many times? And we take those gifts and we bring them back with us. We don't always remember where we came from or what we were good at or what we weren't good at, but we are living it out sometimes all over again, and maybe in a better way, and sometimes maybe in a more harmful way. There are always lessons to be learned, not only in our daily lives, but where we came from. And every single day, we have the opportunity to change that. When they say, you know, if you want to be, who's it Gandhi that said, be the change that you want to see in the world? We can literally do that by the decisions that we make every single day. We can change our DNA for every generation that comes next and thinking about our past and, you know, our future and how we collectively come together. I'm just, 
endlessly fascinated by that. So that's a book I definitely recommend, Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Weiss. I love it. Yeah, no, and and I'm glad that I had already read the book. Um, and yeah, it's it's it was interesting. I had a I had a friend that was kind of getting into a similar um, mindset, and she was like, "You should really read this book." And I was like, "There's a lot to think about and a lot to ponder here." And I, uh, when you were describing your podcast co-host, you kind of said like she's spiritual. She just doesn't like know it yet. Uh, in in a way, and I feel like that's. I have a lot of draw to spirituality and I feel like the language and the terminology I use about it is not 100% like, yes, like we are spiritual and in my past, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to talk about it in that language, but there's a, there, there's a seed. I'm going to use the seed word. There's a seed in me that feels a draw to it and a pull to it. A sacred seed, if you will. A sacred seed. Um, very cool. So um, what what are you currently reading? What's on your uh, nightstand right now? I'm researching um, all about the moon and the moon nodes and astrocartography and um, just more about the moon. My moon is in Capricorn. Um, and so Capricorn is the workhorse. It's the, the, the goat and it's in my 10th house of career. So the goat will climb to the top of every mountain. It will, you know, fight to achieve everything it can. And I didn't realize that my moon was in my 10th house of career until I really started digging into this. And then I started looking into, well, what does it mean when you travel to your moon line or your Venus line or your sun's, your sun line on the map of the earth? And coincidentally, when I moved to Pennsylvania, I moved to my moon line. (laughs) <laughs> really? and the moon like I said yeah and the moon where I said earlier is where you are nurtured and so all of these new qualities and like I said I already led a spiritual life but these qualities became to come out in a more nurturing way where I've now had the yearning to work with people one-on-one to bring that nurturing out in them to have them transform and to move towards my north node and so I am I was so excited about that. And actually I started designing a line of moons. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, and I, I named that collection, um, the Ascension collection. It has like moons and stars and astrology and all of that. So I am really into learning all about the moon right now. And because my design is so esoteric, I'm actually not affected by full moons at all. Um, and I know a lot of people are, and so I'm looking into the moon nodes, like I just told you about yours, your your Mm -hmm. South and North node. And so I'm just studying everything I can about that. It's not one book in particular. It's all the books (laughs) because I'm going to develop, I'm going to develop a course. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. I love when you find something that sparks that passion and sparks that interest. And as you were talking uh, through my, you know, human design and my page and, and everything like that, um, and you were saying how, you know, I have to be going. And I think you said, like, uh, I don't feel tired. And it's funny, mm-hmm. the only time I feel tired is when I don't have that passion, when I don't have that thing to, yeah. like, look onto. And and I, I sometimes I'll be like, I need, I need my next thing. I need my next thing to be passionate about because right now I'm like, 
what am I doing with this downtime? Like downtime is not a fun space for me. And so to have something that you're passionate about, like, hey, there's a million books that I'm researching and I, I feel that I'm like, uh, I get strangely curious about this one thing and I just want to find the yeah. answer. That's your one line. You need to investigate everything. I need to know all of the things to decide if I believe in that. You may have, like I was watching something on pirates yesterday, you know, oh, that guy, Josh Gates has that show on history. And I was like, oh, pirates. I put my book down. I'm like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch this story on pirates. Cause I just find that's fascinating. Was I a pirate? I, I don't know. I love treasure. I have, I hoard jewelry. I collect jewelry. I joke that like my soul is always looking for things that I owned in the past. Like pirates are just endlessly fascinating for me. But if you ask me to watch um, a movie about space, I won't do it. I can't stand space. Can't stand it. But I like astrology. So I just think it's, it's funny the things that we're attracted to and the rabbit holes will go down. And when you spend hours and hours and hours researching something and it doesn't make you tired and you don't get tired of it and you feel inspired and invigorated, that's a signpost too. You're like, yes, maybe this is my true north. This is where I'm supposed to go right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, with such a powerful note, I feel like that's a great place to sort of wrap up this awesome conversation. Um, we've talked about the Luxuries for Your Soul podcast. Um, we've talked about Luxuries for Your Soul jewelry. We'll make sure to link all of those um, websites and uh, just, you know, quick quick links in the show notes. Is there any other place uh, you want to direct our listeners to find you or connect with you? Um, you can find the Luxuries for Your Soul podcast Facebook community, um, which is kind of fun. We are planning for season two of the podcast. It's kind of like a downtime because Lauren has a bar that she's opening. Um, but there I post behind the scenes things uh, from personal lives, inspiration stories. Lauren shares also, and it's a place for our listeners to get to know us personally, things that I would probably not share on my other page because they could be more spiritual and I never know what I'm going to post there, but I, I feel like that community is really sacred to me. And the name that I was given for, you know, as I told you, the universe likes to give me names. And then coincidentally, I always get the dot coms, the dot nets, the dot infos, like they're always available, which is even more bizarre. You can look forward to seeing something on Sacred Hour Healing. Okay. Very cool. Um, and and the one the one thing you know you talked about not posting on your personal page. I regret uh in your introduction, uh the very last sentence, you're like with your husband, teenagers, German shepherd. We forgot to add deer to that because you have <laughs> a deer <laughs> that goes into your house like a full grown deer that just like, you know, hangs out in your kitchen sometimes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so you can find pictures of Timber and you can, um, see the journey of Timber on my personal Instagram page. Um, Alexis Kletchian on Instagram, Timber the deer. Very, a very fun little side note to wrap it up with. Um, but thank you so much for listening. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride.